各位听众朋友，大家好，欢迎收听今天的野外中文播客。我是麦老师。今天的话题我们要讲美国联邦政府的一些工作机会，还有我们要讲农场的呃动物。So today we're going to talk about some um job opportunities for you in your future. From the sponsoring agencies of this program that you're going to participate in, and also we're going to talk about safety and the animals on the farm, and kind of the different、uh, fun chores and tasks that we get to do with them, and how to interact with them. So just really quickly,、uh, this last weekend, part of the requirement of this grant is the camp leadership. The people when we that apply for this grant and get this grant, they ask us to travel to Baltimore area, and we go to the NSA. Area, so that's National Security Agency. So they're the sponsoring agency、um, of this program. The reason they do it is they want people to learn more about、um, critical languages. So these are languages that are critical to the safety of the American people. So typically, this would be Chinese, Russian, Korean, Arabic. These these languages. So. Um, when we traveled there,、uh, there was many sessions. We do a lot of sharing of programs and things like that. And but they, we had lots of talks about people、um, from people at the National Security Agency representing the larger Department of Defense of the American government. So I said the Liambang Zhengfu. So that's the federal government. Liambang is how you say federal, federal government. And so、uh, they encouraged us to share with you people participating in our、uh, Chinese programs and language programs about、uh, career opportunities in the intelligence community. So I'm going to do that because I think that's a really interesting thing for you to think about. Obviously, you are interested in learning languages, and I think it's good for you to know、uh, kind of the options that are out there. So basically,、uh, like we said, this is funded by the National Security Agency. So there's tons of agencies within the the director of national intelligence. So you've heard a lot of these in movies. So this would be the CIA would be under this umbrella.、Uh, the NSA is what we're a part of here with this program. You've also heard of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You know, CIA, Central Intelligence Agency. There's also things like the Drug Enforcement Agency. There's the the State Department. They run all the embassies. So if you travel to another country. You go to an embassy or consulate, so these would be kind of representations of of the American government in other countries, and so you can go there for safety. You can go there to、uh, kind of、uh, get new passports and all sorts of documents. They also do a lot of promotion of American culture and things like that. So, like foreign,、uh, there's they're kind of foreign service officers. They work in. In the State Department, there's the Department of Energy. There's the that's kind of yeah, all about energy concerns. The part, Department of Treasury,、uh, a lot of financial、um, concerns with the American government.、Uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency. There's a lot of Chinese connections with Drug Enforcement Agency. There's a lot of issues and kind of、uh, disagreements with the American and Chinese government about illegal illicit drugs being imported、uh, into the U.S. from from China. And、uh, there's Department of Homeland Security, and、uh, you know the, your main interaction with them would be at the airports,、uh, for going through the TSA things like that. And so、uh, then there's also just kind of the the well-known armed armed services like the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, the Air Force, and the kind of newly minted、uh, Space Force. So all of these、uh, agencies were represented in this conference they were talking about, and they all. Uh, Emphasize their need for language learning uh, for uh, bilingual, dual language speakers、um, f- 
for their intelligence community jobs. And so they are really keen on hiring people with multiple skill sets that have a language background. And so that's a, a main important topic here. And that it's important for you to understand as you're a language learner is that you really need to emphasize building other skills in addition to having a language because that makes you incredibly valuable. If you have another set of skills like uh, software developing or engineering or or edu- and you're an educator or you have uh, incredible critical thinking and analytical skills and things like that. So um, we're going to post these links uh, on the uh, Google Classroom. So this would be intelligencecareers.gov. There's one called usajobs.gov. So the, a lot of these kind of representatives of these agencies were there and they encouraged the participants of StarTalk to go and look at these jobs and maybe you're, you might be kind of one of these graduating seniors that can start looking at that. But also if you're just kind of looking for careers you could pursue in your future, take a look at those jobs, uh, see what's interesting to you and see what you would need to do to prepare for a job like that, to kind of target that. What kind of educational opportunities would you need to pursue before that? What kind of language levels? So uh, the military, uh, Department of Defense, I should say more broadly intelligence communities, they do have their own test, their own language proficiency test. And you typically need to score a level three or above. They have their own kind of rating system. And so this would be um, generally kind of this intermediate high range that we're talking about into the advanced range. So that's what our camp is trying to help push you into. And uh, they really emphasize uh, kind of having these advanced uh, critical thinking skills along with your language, um, along with the language you have. So we feel pretty confident that after this summer camp and your continued learning that you can you can have these opportunities. So uh, they wanted to emphasize these kind of government agencies, the benefits of working for them. So I'll just talk through those really quick. So uh, working for the government, you have lots of leave, so you can get more vacation than maybe with a private company. Uh, they have really good health insurance or retirement plans. Are you thinking about your retirement right now? Probably not in high school, but that will be valuable to you uh, later on. And it is a valuable thing. They have very flexible work hours. So generally government uh, jobs are really good at saying you go to work at this time, you finish work at this time. They don't kind of just extend into endless hours like sometimes working at a private company would do. Uh, there's a lot of like educate, they kind of pay for your continued education and training, which is really valuable. There's a lot of different types of jobs. You can kind of switch between agencies and, and careers. A lot of travel is involved. And so depending on the agency that you work for, uh, it's funny, they emphasize this break between work and life. So a lot of these agencies require security clearance. I said that weird security clearance. And so a lot of these jobs, you actually have to check your phone in and uh, you don't have your phone all day. And a lot of these uh, kind of career people in the intelligence community have, have talked about how much they value that because they're away from their phone. They can focus on work. And then when they're out of work, they are away from work and they can focus on their family and home life. And so I thought that was kind of interesting because that's what we're doing at this camp. <laughs> we can get you ready for that type of a lifestyle. And uh, a lot of the uh, kind of people talking, representing these agencies talked about how valuable it is to them to them to have this larger purpose that they're working for, working at these different agencies to promote the values of America, to promote uh, the different uh, missions of these different agencies and just like how much meaning that gave them in their lives. So explore these links, uh, take a look at it, think about these uh, as options for your future. So we'll post these links in the Google Classroom. Okay, now we're going to switch gears. It's quite a gear shift. We're going to switch around here. So it feels really different. We're going to be talking about the 
农场的动物, so we're going to talk about farm animals. And so, what we're going to do a little bit different this week, I'm not going to do a Quizlet video uh, this week. I'm just going to talk through the Quizlet list, but I'm also going to talk through kind of the safety associated with each animal. So, again, remember, the reason we're doing these podcasts in English is so that you we can give you the background knowledge and to make sure you have clear understandings of the safety aspects of things. So when you get to the camp, we can be 100% in Chinese. And so we'll give you the Chinese words here, but we're also going to talk about some safety things before you get to camp. Okay, so you can look at this Quizlet list while I'm talking. You don't have to. I prefer you're doing something active and doing something fun, and then later on, look at these Quizlet lists. And so first thing we're going to talk about is a Ru Niu. Ru. This character is like a milk, kind of like a breast milk, like from a, you know, like a mammal's milk. So this Ru uh, has connected to milk. So a milk cow would be called a Ru Niu. And so we have milk cows here. Um, we have a very cute, nice one that is our main milk cow. Her name's Elsie. She's very calm. She's very nice. <laughs> and she is a Jersey cow is what it's called. So they can have this tan body and a very cute face. So uh, we're going to uh, take turns. Uh, different groups are going to rotate in the morning doing different farm uh, tasks. And so one of them will be, uh, one of the tasks will be milking the cow. So that is called, to milk a cow is to ji. Ji, so that's third tone, J-I, ji, ji niu nai. So that's how you, to milk a cow. That verb is to ji, ji, to milk, milk niu nai. A cow is milk. So to milk cow is milk. To squeeze cow's milk is kind of what it's saying. So um, niu nai, I'm sure you already know, cow's milk, niu nai. So these are really, uh, it's a really fun activity to do. And it's actually really enjoyable. And it might be kind of funny for you. And you probably drink milk, but you've never actually milked a cow. So basically what will happen is in the morning, we will go and we will cut fresh cow. And so we'll go and cut some fresh grass because that's what she will love, the milk cow. We will use a lian dao, um, a sickle, like a little hand sickle. I think that's what you call it in English. For some reason, I'm not thinking of the English word. The uh, lian dao. So you use that and you'll cut, you'll cut the grass and we'll work together to do that. And you'll fill up the feeding bucket in a milk stall. It's called a milk parlor, actually. It's a fun word. And so uh, Elsie will see that we're doing that. She'll be ready to go. We might have another milk cow there besides Elsie. Well, it depends if she's uh, about to have a baby. A xiao niu. You can say xiao niu for a calf, or you can also say niu du, niu du, niu du, a calf. Uh, we have, she has a calf with her right now. Uh, he's kind of a big calf. He's, he's kind of more of a teenager calf, kind of a goofy guy. His name is Benjamin. Um, and so what we'll do is uh, she'll see that. We'll open the gate. She'll walk in. She'll walk naturally right into the milk stall. And there's a little gate that closes behind her her head so she doesn't back out suddenly. She never does because she just likes to eat the food. And then what we do is we brush her off. We try to get um, a lot of that kind of the loose hair, different things like that uh, cleaned off. We wash our hands. We wash that. So then underneath the udder, so you've seen the udder, we call it the bag, <laughs> the bag. So you wash that nice and clean. And so we kind of sanitize it. We, we get it dry. We do a lot of work to make that nice and clean. And as we're doing that, she's kind of, uh, she's accustomed to, so she's kind of, uh, what's the, that's the stimulus for her to drop the milk. She's got to drop the milk into the bag. It's a funny process. So uh, there's four quarters, there's four teats, 
And so they each kind of have their own bag of milk in there. Funny. Uh, it's funny to say these things out loud sometimes. So basically what you do is after you've had it all clean, we put our stainless steel bucket underneath. It's also been sanitized. And we take our our hands and we go to the teat and, and you kind of squeeze at the top. So if you kind of picture your thumb and your index finger, you would take those two and you kind of pinch off the very top of the teat where the teat connects to the kind of the bag. And you pinch off there and that kind of fills up the teat like a little water balloon. <laughs> and then you kind of roll your fingers down like a, like, the, like a wave. You kind of like in a nice sequence, you roll the fingers down. So it's kind of like pinch off and then keep squeezing down so the all the milk comes squirting out like a little squirt gun. You really can't, it's really kind of a powerful squirt. And you just start filling that bucket. Psh, 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 you can get going with both hands. Your arms do get really tired. It's a fun experience. Um, our milk cow is a Jersey cow. And it's, she's, uh, they're well known for producing milk with lots of cream. So milk from the grocery store you get, just so you know, like it's been homogenized, which means it's made, it's made so the cream and the milk don't separate. But with this raw milk, when you set it a few hours later, you'll go back and you'll see that the cream is separated and you'll have a almost half of the bottle will be cream from the milk we get. It is quite delicious, I must say. And uh, so it's kind of all separate. You can shake it to mix it back up, but you can also scoop the cream off the top and that's how you make butter. You, you make butter from that. You can make ice cream. You can make sour cream. You can make whipped cream, all those good, all those good things. And so uh, it's just an amazing, amazing process. So that's the ji nai. And this would be a runio, sorry, runio. That'd be a milk cow. And again, we're milking nyonai. So there's different kinds of cows around that we'll see. There won't be around the farm as much, but there'll be ronio. So that's different than a runio. A ronio is a beef or a meat cow. So ro is just meat, right? So a meat cow. So ronio, ronio. So just really quickly about safety around cows. Generally, they're very domesticated, uh, but the main thing you want to do around a cow, um, especially a cow, as opposed to a bull, is you just, they're generally not going to, they might be protective of a calf sometimes. Uh, the cows that we're, we're uh, interacting with, uh, as far as milk cows go, they're very, very calm. The main thing you want to be careful of with any large mammal, really, like a horse or a cow, is you just don't want to stand right behind them where they can't see you. Their natural instinct is to kick backwards to protect themselves. And that kick is very strong because they're strong animals. So if you're ever walking around a cow or a horse, you just don't want to walk really close behind their hindquarters. So if you are going to go around them, it's better to go in front of their face so they can see you or to go really wide around the back. So that's gonna be just the main important thing for you to be for safety with a milk cow, is that you're gonna walk nice and wide around the back so you don't startle them and just kind of trigger that little instinct to kick backwards. Uh, she's never kicked uh, kicked backwards on us before, but it doesn't mean it can't happen if she's not startled or feels really nervous. And especially when there's kind of more people around. So you just kind of wanna walk uh, a wide around the backside of a cow. That's an important safety uh, thing. You're not just kind of right there. And just generally with large animals, just animals generally, is you want to be nice and ping jing and an jing, right? You want to be calm. They can really feed off the energy that you're putting out. So really, if you're nervous, you kind of want to take deep breaths, but we don't want to be really silly or goofy because they'll feed off that and they'll get nervous. 
And that's usually when kind of safety issues pop up the most is when it, when they feel cornered and they feel kind of a not safe. So we want to make sure that when we're around these these larger animals, we're calm. You talk in a calm voice. Even though they don't understand your words, they can feel the tone of the words that you're saying, right? If you do this loud barking uh, sound, like a lard, 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 <laughs> a loud yell, uh, they'll feel that energy and they will respond with kind of... Uh, anxiety, concern, sometimes uh, kind of start moving around, maybe run, wanted to run away or things like that. So we'll generally just try to have a really calm, we'll talk in low voices and that just really helps them be nice and calm. And additionally with a milk cow, you want to be calm because when they're calm, they let their milk out. And so they have to let it down, which is maybe not something you do. <laughs> they have to let it down into their bag. So uh, there is a uh, different then, it, uh, you know, these kind of uh, female cow, we have bulls. So that's a gong, gong niu. Gong niu is how you say a bull. So that's a male, like mature cow, uh, like our cattle or bovine or something like that. So we've got a gong niu, gong niu. So the gong, you'll see this gong is kind of like a lao gong, um, like husband and things like that. So gong uh, niu. A gong nil, you won't really interact much with a, a bull. They are definitely more uh, dangerous and aggressive. Um, but we won't have you really interact with a gong nil. Um And just generally, that they're not really that dangerous, to be honest. We interact with them a lot, but we won't have you interact. We have a one young gong nil. He's, he's under a year old, and he'll be with Elsie, but he won't come into the milk parlor. So you won't interact with him. You can feed him. He's kind of a cute, goofy teenage teenage guy so that's the difference of a gong nyo would be a bull and then a mu nyo would be like literally a mother cow so that would be mu mu chin the mu so that's like a mom mom cow so gong nyo and mu nyo so also on the property close to where you're camping we have ye nyo ye nyo so that's literally wild cow and that's a buffalo or bison so i think we have right now we harvested many this winter um i think we have nine now but we just had i lost my numbers we just had two little calves yesterday and the day before they're very cute so they're a little fluffy they kind of come out with reddish hair uh they're very cute little little baby bison and they're running around already they start walking just a really few minutes after they're born which is always incredible born in the snow and we had a snowstorm when they're being born so we got two little ones right now that you'll see when you get here they'll be a little bit more grown up but two little calves um very cute so a yenyo is a wild cow which i think doesn't sound as cool as bison or buffalo <laughs> but yenyo is how you say it in chinese so uh you don't really interact with them you will have a a rotation where you feed them with pitchfork. So you'll use the gan cao and the gan cao cha. So that's the the hay forks, the hay forks, the gan cao cha. And so basically you'll just be pitching in hay to feed them every day. Uh, the hay bells come in these, um, kind of they have these big flakes and uh, you'll use your, your cool pitchfork to pitch that in to where the, the bison are and they'll be excited to eat every day. So they eat alfalfa, mushu, and uh, grass mix. And so 
that would be one of the jobs. Basically, uh, the bison are as tame as bison can, can be, but we don't really cross the fence. It's going to be really, really important. They're not dangerous. The only thing that could be dangerous is if one of you does something really silly. Uh, every year in Yellowstone, there's tourists, there's multiple tourists that get really close to a bison, trying to feed it, trying to take pictures and get, uh, this is obviously not with fences like we have, and get slammed. Um, They're incredibly powerful animals. But uh, we have a sturdy fence between us. They're very, very domesticated and used to us. We've had them for many, many years. I interact with them daily. The main thing is kind of the same thing we talked about being calm around them. So like when you're not, when you get up to the corral where the bison are, you're not running, you're not being crazy, you're not shouting. Uh, they they feed off that energy and it gets them really excited and they'll start running and it's, it's you can see the power of these animals and they start running. And again, that won't be the worst thing, like nothing will happen necessarily, but that is the type of situation something could happen. So we encourage you when you're around the yenyo to be nice and pingjing. 平静,安静,平静下来, right? so just be calm, talk in calm, soft, nice voices to them. They really feed off that energy. It's, it is a true thing. Animals can feel and feed off your energy, and they respond to your energy. So being calm, kind of like you're, you're going to maybe be with friends, you're going to kind of want to be silly, but you're just going to want to stay calm. Uh, a bison, just so you know, uh, they give you a signal when they're not happy. And their tail goes straight up. It just goes straight up. And sometimes they'll kind of start stomping and clawing at the ground. You'll see them do this to the dogs, the the bien uh, mu, the border collies that are here. The border collies always want to herd the buffalo, and buffalo don't want to be herded. They don't herd. Buffalo don't. <laughs> and so that's the main time you'll see them kind of go into that more aggressive state. But again, if you just kind of stay calm, that's the safety thing. And obviously, don't climb into the corral. Uh, I, I assume you all understand that. But uh, there may be someone that's like just not fully understanding. So you climb over that fence and get in with them. Honestly, probably nothing would actually happen with you. They would just look at you. Um, but the most dangerous time for bison is actually late summer. They call it the rut. The rut. And it's when they're kind of in their mating season. That's in the bull would be the most aggressive, but this bull has been with us for 10 plus years and we, we know him real well. And when you feed him, you'll get to see the big purple tongue come out. They're big old heads and they're amazing, amazing creatures. So nothing to be too concerned about, uh, but there is definitely safety precautions we need to take with around these animals. They are powerful. They can hurt you. And so be calm, be not crazy, silly, approach them nice and calm. Just feed them like normal. Just pitch it in there. They'll be happy to see you. But just, and obviously don't climb in uh, to the corral. If you have questions about any of these things, feel free to email um, and find there. They're really fun animals to sit and watch, graze around. Gansau, we talked about a lot last time. So the next the next uh, animal we're going to talk about is the Ojo Baga. Baga is a starling. So Ojo is Europe. So the European starling. So the Ojo Baga. So that would be part of our morning chores is we're going to feed the starlings. We, ha we have, if you don't know, starlings are an invasive species in America. They, they were brought here by someone who thought it was a good idea. This is a long time ago to have 
um, every bird that's in a Shakespeare play be in Central Park in New York City. So they brought starlings and the starlings are incredibly smart and incredibly reproductive. And they spread like crazy all across America. And they're actually amazing, smart, really vocal birds, but they are taking over uh, the habitats and kind of destroying lots of uh, um, native bird populations. So they're a pretty dangerous thing. So what we do is we have starling traps. And uh, so we need to feed the starlings that we have in there because that attracts other starlings. And so they're not traps like that close. They they end up just inside a cage they can't get out of, but we keep them fed. And uh, we end up feeding them to falcons. Ying, uh, we'll talk about those later. But we'll feed those starlings. Um, they're amazing birds to interact with. They're super smart, like I said. But uh, yeah, they are not a good bird. They're very invasive here and uh, they damage a lot of the ecosystem and they reproduce like crazy. So we'll be feeding those. Basically what we do is we feed them cat food. That's kind of a funny thing. A lot of these omniv- omnivorous birds like the shi the magpies, if you ever catch a magpie or, or feeding a young magpie, you feed them wet cat food. Um, and they actually thrive really well on that, which is kind of funny. So we'll be, we feed them cat food and we give them water and that's pretty much all they need and that attracts other starlings they all come in can't get out the next uh word you i'm sure you all know this one is mao uh, mao we just feed our cats cat food there's we have i can't even remember five five cats i think um butong the mao we have us different cats here um, I, I threw a cool word into the, into the quiz that's just a bonus word. It's for, for tabby cats. The hu ban mao, hu ban mao, like lao hu, the hu. So that's a, and ban is stripe, so tiger stripe cat. So tabby cats are a type of cat. We have three of those, three tabby cats, I believe, maybe four. The way you tell a tabby cat is they have an M shape on their forehead. So... Yeah, there we got some good cats. I was not a cat person before, but I sure love these cats. They're good natured. Uh, and then we have the xiao go, xiao go. So we have border collies here, and then you might meet some other dogs around as well on other parts of the property. So we have border collies, bian mu. That literally means like a border shepherd. Uh, they're sheep dogs. They help us push cows around. They did help us push sheep. We don't have sheep currently. But uh, currently we have two little puppies and they're, they'll be close to a year old when you guys arrive named Maeve and Sersha. They have learned a lot of Chinese commands. So uh, I'll show you those at camp. Um, but they do know a lot of the Chinese commands, which is pretty fun. And so um, we'll be interacting with them. And uh, if you're afraid of dogs, if dogs are hard for you, please let us know. Um, they're not too big and they're not very aggressive. They're very friendly, but they are energetic, so just kind of be let us know. They're they're they'll generally just kind of wander around with us. Okay, then we also have our tanji. So these are egg laying chickens. So we'd be saying literally an egg chicken, an egg chicken. Um, I haven't counted our egg chickens. We have I think we have thirteen, maybe fourteen. So part of that job will be going in and gathering those eggs every day. And feeding the chickens. Uh, generally in the summer, we, they don't we need to feed them very much because we let them free range. And this is an interesting thing. They go in with the cows and the buffalo. And we like this because they go in and they scratch around. <laughs> and they scratch around in the poop. And what's great about that is they go and look for fly eggs. 
and also grasshoppers and also just generally bugs and things like that. But that helps keep the flies down as they go in and scratch up all the poo and eat all the fly eggs so we don't have so many uh, flies. And then what's cool is that they take the fly eggs and they convert it into delicious eggs. <laughs> uh, so that would be the tonging, it would be the flies. I think that's a luan is what they call the eggs of a kind of a tonging. So that would be a dan ji. So the ji dan would be how you'd say just a flip. So it would be that's, that's how you'd say a chicken egg. So it'd be ji dan, it'd be chicken egg, and a dan ji is an egg chicken. So there's also rou ji. Um, I'm not positive we'll have the meat chickens here when you guys get here, but if you if we do, the chore of that is just feeding feeding them some um, chicken feed and chicken scratch and uh, some water, but generally they'll also be eating on bugs and stuff like that. We try to let them wander, have a good life pecking around. Uh, when they lay eggs, we say xia, xia dan, xia dan, which is nice, just drop eggs. They drop eggs to lay an egg. So that's a xia dan, xia dan. So we will be getting around 12 to 13 eggs a day um, when you're there to gather up, which is fun. So nothing really to be safe. Again, just around animals, being calm, not being crazy. It helps them just feel more comforted. Uh, but a chicken's not a whole lot of safety concerns uh, with the chickens. Uh, we also have falcons on the property. So lie ying. So uh, falconry is a big part of this ranch. Um, so we have jur falcons and peregrine falcons um, that will be in a hawk house nearby. And... Uh, some of you, it won't be a daily chore. Some of you may uh, be tasked with taking a dead quail or a starling and feeding it to them. So yeah, jur falcons and peregrine falcons. We have a pair of peregrine falcons right now and a jur falcon. They come from the Arctic and they're a big, cool falcon. So that's kind of part of the farm chores and we'll be learning more about those in camp. We also have bees. So this would be mi feng, mi feng. So that'd be another one of those words that kind of depends where you come from. You say feng or feng. Mifong. So that would be the honeybee, the honeybee. So we have bees. We'll have three hives um, going uh, at the same time. So these hives uh, have obviously <laughs> different colonies of honeybees. So a colony is a feng chun. Chun is kind of a group. So like a feng chun would be um, what you call like a, a colony. And then they live in a hive. So that's a feng Chow, yeah, Feng Chow. So a Chow is a nest, uh, basically. It's a cool character, but that Chow, Feng Chow. So uh, the Mi Feng, obviously, you are familiar with this. If you have had experiences getting stung and swelling, I actually am allergic to bee stings, even though I'm a beekeeper. So I have to be a little bit more careful. I got allergic to bee uh, bees because I got stung so many times. So that would be a you'd be Dingla, Dingla. That'd be like a sting. So. Uh, that does sting pretty bad. It's generally not dangerous for people unless you are allergic and you can, um, yeah, you can have an allergic reaction. I kind of swell up a little bit, so I just got to be more careful. So we do have bee suits that we put on when we're dealing with the bees. We'll have a bee suit that you will put on um, for those that want to, to kind of go and interact and see into the feng chao and you'll get a C in there. So the fun switch here is Mi Feng is honeybee, kind of like we said with a Dan Ji and a Ji Dan. So he said the, an egg chicken and a chicken egg. 
So it's kind of like a mi feng and a feng mi. So we'd say uh, the mi feng would be honey bee. So the mi would be the honey part and the feng would be the bee. And then for the word honey, you'd say feng mi. So that'd be bee honey, bee honey. So you can see these patterns of Chinese. I love how Chinese works that way because you can kind of guess words a lot of the time. And so that would be a feng mi. So the feng is the actual kind of bee and the mi is the honey. So bee honey is how you'd say honey. So that's feng mi. Uh, we'll see what it's like at the time. We may do some harvesting of the honey, which is a fun job. I get to see see it all come out of the combs and and filter down and fill up buckets and it tastes there's a few things that you grow fresh on a farm that don't taste that much different than a grocery store but i would say the cow's milk and the bee's honey something special about it so feng chow so within the bee colony that we're going to learn about three different types of bees this is just kind of a fun thing so we have the feng wang few different names for this in Chinese, but that's the queen bee. So the, literally that's the bee king. They shouldn't call it that in Chinese, I don't think, because it's a queen bee. They're often marked. Uh, they're a lot bigger than the other bees. So they're often marked in the hive with a bright spot, kind of a bright blue spot. And their job is they reproduce all the brood of the colony, all the baby bees. They reproduce it all. And so they really, um, let's hold on, sorry. So they really reproduce every bee that's in there and so that's, they have a they have a big job that's kind of their main job and they really are the queen of the colony they have this pheromone that they release that all the bees are attracted to when the queen abandons the the chow the feng chow all the bees follow and that's called a swarm um fun fact if you ever have a see a swarm of bees uh they're generally not that dangerous Gen generally they'll be more aggressive and stinging when they're protecting a feng chow but uh when they're, not, when they're swarming like that, looking for a new place, they're not really quite as aggressive. It can look scary. And if you ever do see a swarm, call a local beekeeper. They'll be excited because then they can get a, a, new, a new colony, which is generally kind of an expensive or complicated process to get. So there's two other types of bees in there. There's the gong feng, <laughs> the gong feng. So that is the worker bee. So gong zuo de gong. So that's just a worker bee. And they do all the work. They're busy little, that's the busy bee that, you know, they gather the food, they make the honey, they feed the young brood, like the nurse bees, they guard the hive. I'll show you when we're working with the bees, these little guard bees that are on the entrances, they're looking out and they're watching you. And the reason we do the smoke, the yin, when we do that yin, the smoke, when we go in with the bees, um, it, a lot, there's kind of a lot of discussion about that because basically bees communicate with smells, these pheromones. And so it'd be kind of like if there was a guard in front of a castle or something like that, and their job was to shout if there's danger, if you kind of came in and turn on like a loud siren so no one could hear each other, uh, then their shouts, then they wouldn't know really what's going on. They couldn't talk to each other. It's kind of like you're doing with the smoke, the, the pheromones. It could just mask that pheromone communication. So let's say the guard bees see you. They're these funny. They're always kind of down in this hunched position looking around. And they see you and they and they sense danger. Uh, they're going to release this danger pheromone. Kind of smells like bananas. Xiang <laughs> jiao. Kind of smells like bananas. And uh, that'll get all the hive into a big tizzy and they'll get kind of busy and might get different colonies. Some, some colonies are just way calm and just don't do anything. Other ones are a bit more aggressive. It kind of just depends. 
sometimes I've had colonies where I just open it up and, and I just don't really do any smoke to speak of and just work around them. They just don't seem to care. It's kind of a funny thing. Some of them are a bit more aggressive, but we do that yin, that smoke, and that helps mask that warning pheromone. And then they generally just stay calm. We can pull out the frames with all the comb and the honey, the feng mi in there, and we can just take a look at the bees. And we'll be in bee suits. We'll take turns in the bee suits so you guys can see that. And these worker bees, they can produce one tablespoon of honey in their lifetime. So think about think about that next time you're eating honey. And then there's the final bee in there, which is a funny, sad bee in some ways. It's the xiongfeng, the xiongfeng. Uh, xiong, this character is interesting. I, it's like, Ying xiong is like a hero. And so this xiong is like, it's a male, but it's like this grand, heroic, mighty, powerful, this xiong, and then feng is bee. So it's kind of like this male grand heroic mighty powerful bee <laughs> the chinese version is much more uh yeah like mighty than the english version of drone bees the drone bees they are the males of the colonies that are not, there's not that many of them they only have one function and it's just to mate with the queen bee and it's not like that happens all the time either they there's kind of this, this prenuptial uh flight that they take and it just it doesn't really, <laughs> they don't have a lot of jobs. They don't have a stinger. They don't protect the hive. They are bigger than the worker bees. They can't make honey. They don't. They can't gather, they can't or they won't gather nectar or pollen. And they can't even eat without the help from the worker bees, from the gongfeng. So they're pretty useless aside from mating, but they, they serve their role. They serve their, they serve their role, the xiongfeng. Uh, but so largely it is like this... Uh, big matriarchal society of these bees, which is pretty interesting. So we'll be interacting with those bees. We'll be getting in there and I'll show you the different combs and the different places where they put the brood and the different honey, the feng mi in there. But to be safe with honeybees, uh, we need to be in full suits with nets around our necks, with long pants, with gloves on. And uh, just in case we get uh, stung uh, generally for most people, it's a sting is just a painful thing. The bee does die. Um, but it's not the worst thing in the world. If you are someone that's allergic like myself, you can kind of get some swelling. Uh, the last, one of the last, uh, Ye Wai Zhongwen camps we did, uh, my, I got stung cause I wasn't wearing gloves <laughs> and, uh, and my arm, my right arm swelled up so much. I looked like a little baby arm <laughs> and we were doing the rock climbing and I was playing and I just was using this, this huge baby arm to repel is pretty funny looking pretty funny looking but that won't happen this time because i'll be prepared i'll be prepared okay so that's kind of the basic of the farm animals that you'll be interacting with here oh i, I missed one the goods we have pigeons here that's another falconry thing pigeons we keep pigeons uh homing pigeons and so goods goods so they're really awesome because they're incredibly fast they can outfly a falcon a lot of the times what's so great about them though is the, if a falcon misses that the goods just flies back home and you have it again so we feed take care of goods and that's an easy job nothing to be worried about safety there it's just giving them food they have special food and water and they take care of the rest so that's the goods goods quick fun phrase that i loved when i was in china this if someone stands you up or ghosts you kind of like you're there or they're supposed to meet you at a place 
and they don't come, they stand you up. The Chinese phrase for that is, uh, They placed my pigeons. <laughs> I actually don't know the background on that phrase, but that's a great phrase. Um, they, they placed my pigeons. Funny phrase. I love that phrase. Okay, so that's kind of the basics of the farm animals and safety. Not, not, not many things to be concerned of, honestly. We'll do another session about the wild animals around. These are the domesticated animals. Um, on the quiz in the Google Classroom this week, there will be uh, just a little bit uh, fun, interesting things about bees and kind of colonies collapsing and what they're doing about it in China is pretty interesting. So just a quick video on that and kind of an article for you to read. And there will be a sign-up that we'll be doing some Zoom sessions with, with everyone, do a live session where you can interact with each other. And we talked about last week these kind of skill sign-ups. So basically, just a quick about that. So you're going to be signing up for a skill that you're going to just kind of research and practice. Uh, it could be like a sport. It could be like a, an arts and craft. It could be kind of an outdoor skill that you're interested in or that you're already good at, um, a sport, a game, like a a Chinese chest or something like that. Uh, we we will have a lot of those things. If you want to kind of become the expert of that, so that's the idea, is that you be the expert of it at camp. So we'll encourage you to kind of on an independent study basis to learn about that thing, learn the Chinese for that. Maybe you work with your Chinese teacher to learn the kind of phrases that you would need for that. And uh, before camp, we're going to ask everyone to to produce a flip video about that skill so everyone can kind of learn from each other and these different expertise. And so at camp, you will kind of be one of our, our uh, experts in that area. So uh, you'll want to choose and kind of sign up for that this week on the Google Form sign up. So just as a recap, you're going to listen to the podcast. You're going to do the Quizlet list. You're going to take this uh, animal safety quiz. And you're going to do sign up for Zoom sessions that are coming up here and a skill sign up. And that's going to be your, your week this week. I hope you had a good uh, spring breaks. Uh, I know they're at different times. And I hope you were able to get caught up. And we will talk to you later. Zai jian.